All right, so y'all ready to start the sermon today? Or y'all just want to tell stories? I'll tell you some stories and do a sermon. How about that? We can do both. You know, Keith and Dave, I think, got upset with me the last couple of days because I've been fretting and fretting and fretting about what to do this morning. I kept thinking, you know, we started that sermon on feelings and we went back and forth on it. We went back and forth on it. And I mean, I went, I'd started this sermon and I started the sermon. I'd talk to Keith about it and then I'd tell Dave in the office what I was going to do. And, and I just couldn't get settled. And I know you're better than me and you would get it right away. I know because you can hear from God better. And, and I know it's just me. But you know what? I couldn't. And I just kept searching and I kept searching and I kept searching and I kept searching and I kept searching. And they'd say, quit fretting over it. You know, just give what you got in your heart. And I'd say, yeah, great. Yeah. And I told Keith, I said, Keith, it's like when we were in school. You never had to study. And I was like, always like this in the books. (laughs) You know? And Keith and Dave are the same that way. They can get up and have a sermon and just, here 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 you go, you know? And I'm like, okay, the Bible. Okay, so four more days later, here we are. Here we are. And I'm up at night and here we and studying. You know, but I just want it to be what the people need now. I want it to be what's going to help somebody. I am very, very into, I don't, I don't care. Okay, write me the letters about it. Send me your postcards. Put the prettiest pictures on them. But Dave will read them for me. I don't care about Jesus coming tomorrow. I want to know what's going to help me today. You may, you may care more about it, and you may, may be into the revelation and, and to all the... And I know it's important. I do. But it, Jesus is either going to come or he's not, and I'm either going to be ready or I'm not, but I need to know what's going to get me through today, right? right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm either going to go through the tribulation or I'm not. <laughs> I can't change it anyway. Do you understand what I'm saying? I need to know what's going to help me right here, right now, today. And what's going to make me happy right here, right now, today. Because I've got to deal with today. I ain't got to deal with the tribulation whenever and if ever it ever happens or comes. Right? So I don't care about that. Somebody else can study on that and they can spend all their time on that, all that they want to. But help me not be sick and help me pay my bills and help me get along with everybody. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Okay? Help me to where I can walk up to somebody and make them happier. Help me to where if I know that Carrie's hurting, i got something that I can tell her that's going to help her day go better. That's what I want to know. Or help me if this gentleman doesn't have enough money to pay his bills, that, Lord, something can come up in my heart that I would know that I could help him to get over the situation that's going on in his life to where he could pay his bills and find a job. He don't care whether he's going to go through the tribulation or not. He wants enough money to eat today. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, or if you've got a bad habit or if you've got a bad temper, you know, that's why I was talking about feelings. So I kept going back and forth and back and forth with the Lord about it. You know, back and forth and back and forth. And Keith would say, well, why don't you just get quiet? And I'd say, well, you know me. If I get quiet, that ain't going to help. My mind, my, my, so I, I started running like I usually do. And I finally got what I was supposed to do. Say glory to God. Yeah. So what I want to talk to you about today is I think it's kind of a preparatory thing 
in order for the Greater Faith Conference. And it's kind of a little bit about faith. Faith is one of my favorite subjects in the whole wide world. And faith is something you have to live by every day. Faith is something that will help you get up in the morning and, and go to bed at night. So if you would, go ahead and put up there Hebrews 11.1, 1, and we'll talk about it in just a minute. And you know me, it's going to be real simple and real basic, but I'm going to tell you some stories about me and Keith, and you'll like them too. Because you always do. Put it in the NIV if you would. The title of my message today is, Who's the Problem? I texted that to Keith. He said, I said something about, here's my title. He said, well, I guess the leader's the problem. Or, uh, who is the problem, Phil? Who are you saying is the problem? And he kept going back and forth, and we were joking back and forth for an hour over the title. So I said, okay, I'll let you know later. So anyway, here we go. Now, faith is, read it with me. Being sure of what we hope for, and the last part, certain of what we do not see. Being certain of what we do not see. Sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. Now, we've been around faith circles for, I guess, 30 plus years now. Keith and I have been in the ministry and serving God, and just baptized into the faith camp. That I went from knowing nothing to faith. And that's what I grew up with. And so I've learned a little bit about it over the years, and I learned how much I didn't know. And I learned that you can survive with two shriveled carrots and an onion in the refrigerator. I learned that. And I learned how to survive when you didn't have any money to pay your bills, and we learned how to go from a 1969 Marriott mobile home that had no insulation and uh, when it got cold in the wintertime, the toilet would freeze solid to being able to have a nice house to live in and a nice car to drive. I learned how to go from having a car that you would end up on the side of the road because um, I forget what part that was. <laughs> it's a man thing for sure. The alternator. Yeah, the alternator went out because the heater wouldn't work, so they tried to change the alternator and put an alternator from another car. This is how poor we were. The alternator from another car on this car, and so we got like an hour down the road, and it was like 18 degrees and snowing, and the alternator went out. Does that sound feasible? Is that about what would happen? Um, and the alternator went out, and we ended up on the side of the road and had to sleep in the car in the freezing cold. Oh, yeah, but that was just one of the stories. We've got lots of those kind of stories. But anyway, to, I have a nice car now to where the heater always works. Always works. Matter of fact, it has heated seats now. Not just the heater works, but it has heated seats, and I really like them. And my husband laughs at me because I use the heated seat in the summertime. I'm from New Orleans, you know. I'm a southern girl. That's what I am. So, but anyway, faith. I think faith in watching it around people. I think there's a lot of people that have heard a lot about faith. And it's kind of like tools. Now, over the last several years, I've been around a lot of tools. And it's kind of like me and tools. Tools. 
My husband will never let me get around a power saw, although I like them a lot. I like power saws so much that I told our congregation in Branson and someone gave me a power saw and the goggles. They gave me the gloves. They gave me everything I needed that the power saw kit, even the McDonald's gift cards to go when I took my break (laughs) from using my power saw. But do you know what? I never got to use my power saw. My husband wouldn't let me use my power saw because he was concerned I'd cut down trees on the house. (laughs) And then when we got started doing the building stuff, there's always these tools around here, and Rob and Dan and Dave, they've all got these tools around here, but none of them will let me use them. I don't know what the deal is with it. They've got these saws around here, and they've got all this equipment and stuff around here. And, you know, I got on the, what was that thing that you drive all the time? The forklift. And they all just stood there like this. And I drove it around just a few feet, and they all moved way out of the way. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) Tools. So there's a lot of tools around. But you know what? You can see tools and be around tools and know what they are and know what they do and stand really, really close to somebody that uses them. and never know how to use them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can be really, really, really close. Dave's driven a forklift how long? 32 years. He's driven a forklift for 32 years. Now, just because I stand real close to him, do you think I know how to drive a forklift? (laughs) 32 years he's driven one. Do you think he could probably drive a forklift, right? You would think if I stood close to him, I would be able to, you know, and he could give me some ideas on how to drive it. But do you know what? I could never just jump on that forklift and drive it as good as him. Is that right? Well, it's the same thing with Rob. I've seen Rob take a saw. Rob's built all these walls out. Rob's put half the steel in here. He's put up all this, a lot of the steel you see in here. He's run saws. He's done 98% of the work, construction work you've done in here, running saws and doing all that stuff. Now, one time, him and Dave, I think, got in a fight, and Dave cut his arm in half off. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Right? Yeah. But now he's run a lot of saws. If I stood real close to him, do you think I could learn how to run what are they called? Circular saws. Yeah, one of those circular saws. You think either one of these guys is going to turn me loose with one of those circular saws? No matter if I stood there and watched them for days, you think they're going to turn me loose with one of them? No. Not a chance. I can guarantee you they've seen other things that I've done, and they're not going to let me with one of these saws. I can bet you that they're not. But you would think after I had watched him year after year after year after year after year doing it, I should be able to do it, right? But you know, that's kind of the way faith is. There's people that has been around faith year after 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 year. 
30 years. How long have you been doing construction, Rob? About 30 years. Now, I'll tell up on him. Just yesterday, Dave kind of had to cut out a hole to put something in. And he was asking Rob, well, how did you get this finish on it? He cut it out, but he said, now, how did you get this finish on it? He's still learning something that he was doing because he's been doing it for 30 years and he hadn't done it as long. So you can learn how to do things, but you don't know it instantaneously. He did part of it, but he said, you know what? I was able to get this cut around this and do that with that saw. What kind of saw was that? A grinder, okay. So he made a cut with a tool. And he cut out a place, out of marble, out of marble. We, we work all the time, so I'm going to get all of my stories. And he cut this place out. But Rob had done the very same cut before. And Rob's cut, when he was finished with it, he put this nice, smooth edge around the edges of it. And Dave says, how did you do that? They didn't know I was listening. How did you do that? And he told him. He said, well, I took it and I twisted it this way and I kind of did this. Well, he learned something from what he had seen him do and he told him how to do it. But that's because he had been doing it before and he just took another step in doing it. He didn't just start today in it. But now I wouldn't have ever got the cut, much less the finish. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's the way it is with faith with a lot of people. They're trying to cut, jump to the finish, the polished finish, when they can't get the cut. Or the guys won't even let them use the saw. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we got to find out where the problems are. So I want us to look at a few things this morning and find out who's the problem. Is it God or is it us? Is it God or is it us? Because I would guarantee you there are a lot of people sitting in this room that has believed God for some things. And they have not come to pass. And you know what? You can go home and study about the tribulation. But I want to know why, if I believe God for something that I need, that I'm hurting for, and I'm believing God for, that I don't get the answer for it. Do you want to know that? That's what I want to know. So let's find out. Number one, Jesus provided it for us. Is that right? Let's look at a couple of things. John, 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So he wants us to prosper. I'm going to read you a few things real quickly. You can keep up with them. You can look at the screen because I want us to cover, get to a point, okay? Healing and peace, he did for us. Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are what? Healed. First Peter 2.24 says, Who in his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. Glory to God. And then finances, rich. 
2 Corinthians 8, 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. So that means you don't have to be poor. Okay? Jesus did it. So just keep this in mind, okay, as I'm reading these things. All right, then wisdom. We all have been studying about wisdom. And here, James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. He gives it to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. And if you, uh, let, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For the, he that wavers is like the wave of a sea, driven with the wind and tossed. So we know we have healing, we have peace, we have prosperity, we have wisdom, we have the things that we need. They have been provided for us through Jesus. Right? Then why don't we have them? Why don't we have them? If they've been provided for us, why don't we have them? Next point. You ready? All right. God. Let's, let's see about God. Number one, is it his fault? All right, let's find out. Is he faithful or is he a liar? Let's read a few scriptures. You don't want anything that the devil can come to you and say it's God's fault. So know these things. 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Then 1 Thessalonians says, 524, faithful is he that's called you, who will what? Also do it. He's faithful and he will what? Do it. So it's not his fault because he is faithful and he will also do it. Then 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, but the Lord who is, is faithful and he will establish you and he will keep you from evil. So he's going to keep you from doing anything that you shouldn't do that will keep you from getting the promises. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. So he is faithful. We can depend on him. You know, part of the problem is... Well, let me read you these other two, and then I'll tell you that. Titus 1. In hope of eternal... Uh, verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised. So he's faithful, and he can't lie. Is that the guy that God that you serve? Is he faithful? Does he lie? One more on that he doesn't lie. Uh, Hebrews 6.18 in the New Living. It says, So God has given both His promise and His oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Now, part of the problem is society. On a daily basis, I wonder how many people that you come in contact with that are truly faithful to you and never lie to you. Yeah. 
on a daily basis. How many people do you see that you know 100% is not lying to you and they're 100% faithful to you? It's a rare thing anymore, isn't it? So it makes it really, really hard to put your total confidence in someone that you cannot even see, that you cannot even really feel, when you see the person next to you and you can't have confidence in them and you know that they've lied to you and you know that they're not faithful to you. So how do you have faith in a God that you can't see when you know everybody around you is not being faithful to you and half the people around you are lying to you? How do you do that? You have to do it by staying hooked in His Word and listening to His Spirit instead of your flesh. You have to think and look at the things that He has done for you that He has promised you. You have to look at the things that He has brought you through and done for you and been completely honest with you about. You have to look at the things that He has created. You have to look at the things that He has given you. You have to look at the things that He has done already for you and remind yourself, yes, God said He would do that, and He did it. And He didn't lie to me about it. He brought me through this. He brought me through this. He brought me through this, and here I stand. I'm still alive today. Okay? Take a breath. Okay, now the rest of you. Take a breath. Where did that come from? Okay, close your eyes. Open them. How do you see? Okay, stick your fingers in your ears. Now listen, how do you hear? There's only one way. How do you see, hear, feel, smell, touch? Only by God. It's not the person sitting next to you that makes your heart beat. It's not the person that's standing around you that makes you see. It's not the person that's in front of you that makes you hear. Everything that you can do, everything that you are, is only from God. Only from Him. They can't take it away from you. They can't steal it from you. It only comes from Him. He is faithful to provide these things to you every single day. When you wake up in the morning, do you wonder if you're going to breathe? Is the first thought that crosses your mind in the morning, am I going to be able to see when I open my eyes? Is the first thought that crosses your mind in the morning, am I going to be able to hear? No. no, you just expect those things to be there because He is faithful to you to keep you in that condition every single day. You don't have to ask Him for them. You don't have to wonder when you stick your foot out of the bed in the morning, am I going to be able to walk? Because He is faithful to keep you there every single day. He is a faithful God. He does this for you every single day. You don't have to ask Him for it. You don't have to beg Him for it. You don't have to go to Him and say, Okay, God, I need to see now. I could use my eyes now, God. Uh, God, I need to use His hand now. Okay, God, it's time. Hand time. No, He is faithful. And He keeps this body functioning every minute of the day, every second of the day. He's not going to lie to you about it. You're going to be able to use your body anytime you're ready to use it. Is that correct? Because He is faithful to us and He will not lie. So keep that in mind as we go on. 
Okay, so if that's all true and God is not the liar and he is not the problem, where is the holdup? Who is the holdup? Who is the problem? Look at Mark 11, verse 22. It says, and Jesus, uh, put it in the NIV, please. Have faith in God. Jesus answered, keep going. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes. What he says will happen, it will be done for him. Now, are you ready for a story? Okay, I'll tell these ten people. The rest of them, God can shut off your ears right now because he's not faithful. Are you ready for a story? Okay. I was raised, as you all know, a little young Catholic girl. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I didn't know the things about faith, as some of you. And Keith and I got married. And when we got married... We begin to listen to some tapes about faith and some different things. And we begin to grow a little bit. But because of my background, I was quite skeptical of this faith stuff. None of you were. I was quite skeptical of this healing stuff. Um, I was told by my parents it was, it was a cult because they were Catholic and that it wasn't right. And I had a friend of mine, or ours at the time, they had gotten married. And when they got married, they got a bunch of gifts and they had their shower and we went back over to their home after the shower was over. And we were unpacking all their gifts and stuff, Keith and I and, and the couple. And they got this clock. And you had to wind up this clock. And it was an old, this, you have to remember the time. This was 30 years ago plus, okay? <coughs> and it was a plastic clock, probably about this big around. And you had to stick something down in it and it had one of those little slitted slot things, you know, and you had to wind it with something. Well, the only thing that we had, because their home wasn't furnished yet, you didn't have tools then, was Keith's pocket knife. So Keith pulled out his pocket knife, and he handed it to me. So when he pulled out his pocket knife and he handed it to me, there was the little hole there. So I went to stick the pocket knife down in the slot, and when I did, somehow, I closed the pocket knife on this finger. And he didn't carry a little small pocket knife. He never has really carried a little. And it closed on this finger here. Well, blood just, of course, started going out. And and, uh, so there was a hospital emergency room probably 20 miles from their house. I wasn't going to go, but they thought I needed to go. So we went. Well, this is the country. We went to the hospital emergency room. And we got there, 
And again, this is 30 years ago. Well, no doctor was on, the, the doctors weren't there. It was on call. And they said, you know what? All you need is a butterfly. They stuck a butterfly on it and said, the doctor will be here Monday morning. You can come back then. And they put a butterfly on it. Well, by Monday morning, the ligaments in my finger had retracted, I guess is what the word you would look for. And they had gone down in my hand, and my finger had drawn totally down to like this. And I couldn't straighten it out. So I went to see a specialist in which we lived close to. That was in Mississippi. So we lived close to the capital city, Jackson. And I went to see the specialist, and he said, oh, it's really worse than what you think. He said, we're going to have to do surgery on it. And, of course, this was 30 years ago. That's before they had all the microscopic stuff that you can do today. They had to cut into everything and do everything. And he said, you're going to have to be in the hospital for like three days. And then we're going to have to cut in there and cut do this and then put this, da, 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 da. And it's going to be like a major surgery to go in there and get this ligament and pull it back up and do this and that, you know, and all this stuff, you know. And, and I said, great. And so he put me in this splint thing and sent me home. And they scheduled the surgery. Well, I'm a little Catholic girl, and I didn't want to believe about anything. So I went home and I told Keith the scenario. Well, we're just getting started on faith. Just, I mean, micromillimeter. I mean, it would be smaller, I think, than a mustard seed faith. Because I didn't know it, anything. I just knew there was such a thing that there was a God and there was a word called faith and there was a thing called healing. That was about the extent of what I knew. And it was possible that God could maybe do something like that. He was big enough. So the day before my surgery, I told Keith, now tomorrow is my surgery. Now, Keith and I have always been really close, and if I had something to do like that, he was always right by my side. We, he wouldn't send somebody else with me or something. So he says, Phil, I don't think you need to go. I think we need to believe God. And I said, what? Well, now, that's new to me, because my family, if it had to come and do with doctors, it was like, doctors were God. Do you understand? They took God, the doctor's word over God by far. Whatever the doctor said is what you did. I mean, so this was really new to me. He said, Phil, I think we need to believe God. And I said, no, I'm having the surgery. He said, I really do. I think we need to believe God. And I said, no, I'm having the surgery. He said, Phil, I really think in my heart we need to believe God. And I said, I am having the surgery. Well, this went on. We, we had a heated discussion all night long. You ever had a heated discussion? Well, it came, the, like I said, the drive was like an hour and a half to the hospital. And I was supposed to be there at 6 o'clock the next morning. You know how they do for surgeries a lot of time. They want you there bright and early the next morning. And I was supposed to be there at 6 o'clock. Well, we had had this heated discussion all night long. And it was getting time for me to get up, get around, get ready to go. And he said, would you just do this for me? He said, would you just kneel down here beside the bed 
And would you just, let's just try it. Would, could, could we just pray? Maybe just try it. Just give God a chance. Just give God a chance to do something for you. Do you hear me? Just give God a chance to work in your life. Just give God a slight opportunity to do something for you. Just give him a crack in the door. Don't just cut him off. Don't just shut him out. Don't just tell him no. Don't just say absolutely not. Give him a chance to do something for you. And I said, well, I was tired of fighting. So I said, sure. So I got down on my knees. He got down beside me. He laid his hand on my hand here. And the reason I know he laid it on my hand here, you'll find out. So I'm on my knees. You can see the scenario. And if the cameras could get enough closer, I'd do it on the floor over there on my knees. But I was on my knees, and my hand was laying on the bed, and he was kneeling right beside me on this side. But he had his hand on my hand right here. And he was praying for me. And he was asking God for his mercy. And he was asking him for his healing anointing to come in. And when he did, about that time, my finger, honest to God, if God is my witness, if he were standing here today, my finger, now both of our eyes are closed because we're praying. My finger lifted up by his, now you try it with your finger, lifted up by itself up off the bed, just almost straight up in the air and fell down just like that. and hit the bed. Now, I didn't tell Keith. (laughs) What are you laughing at? (laughs) I got up, and I got dressed, and I went to my appointment. And I got to the hospital, and the specialist came in, And he looked at my finger, and he said, I don't know what happened to your finger, but there's nothing wrong with your finger. And this is how it is today. There has been no surgery. There has been nothing done to my finger. God healed my finger that day in spite of me. In spite of me. Now, what I'm talking about faith is you gotta be willing to believe in faith. You gotta be willing to not cut it off and just say, that's not really real. 
that's not really true. That doesn't really happen to people. I've heard people talk about it. But it doesn't really, really, really happen to people. I've heard people been saying it for the last 30 years, but I've never seen anything happen. And get cold about it. Or get bitter about it. You gotta give God a chance. You gotta give Him an open door. Now, we were at a church. Gosh, this has been 15, 20 years ago. And Keith was ministering. And he was talking about some of the stuff. And I thought about this while I was telling that story. And the pastor and his wife was kind of sitting right here where Bob and Deborah are. And, and their son was sitting here and their daughter-in-law was sitting here. And Keith was talking about faith. And he was talking about giving God a chance. And he was talking about some people are unwilling to even try to believe God for anything that they need. And he was talking about some people getting bitter because some of their family wants them to try to believe God for things and they won't even give God a shot. He said, like some people, he said they have asthma and they use inhalers all the time and they won't even try to go an hour without their inhaler. They just keep on going and they get in fights about it with their spouses and they just keep on going. And he was talking about this and he just kept on and on and on pounding about it. Well, as it turns out, the daughter-in-law and the son-in-law were about to get a divorce because she had asthma and would not even try to believe God about not using her inhaler. God healed her instantly in that service and she never again had to have an inhaler because of his mercy. You have to be open to the things of God in order for them to work in your life. You have to at least consider that God will do it and he is faithful to do it, and he is not a liar. If he said, by his stripes you were healed, then guess what? We're healed. We have to be willing to take it in. He's not going to force it on us and pound it into our head. Like, like me with my finger. He's not going to make you receive something you don't want. But if you open the door, even just a little crack, he's going to say, there it is. Take it. It's yours. I want you to have it. It's a good gift. Now, I remember another story Keith tells. He was in healing school one day, and there was this lady, and she had cancer. And she had come to healing school. And she had been coming all week long. And she had begged her husband. They were from another state. And she had begged her husband, because she had been so sick, to take her to healing school in Broken Arrow. And he said, I am not going with you there. It's ridiculous. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. It's phony. It's fake. I don't believe in it at all. I am not going. So she kept trying to think of ways and reasons to get him to go with her. But he wouldn't go. 
Well, finally she found out that right around the school there, there was some really, really good fishing. So she said, if you go with me just to, to the class that afternoon, it's just for, you know, like an hour or so, and you go with me in the afternoons, you can fish the whole rest of the time. I won't ask you to take me shopping. I won't ask you to do anything else with me, just if you'll take me in the afternoon to that. And he said, okay, and he gave in. So he went with her, and they were in healing class. And so he says, this is his story. He said, he went to class. He said, and after class that day, he was mad. He said, because that preacher, talking about Keith, that preacher was so long-winded, he had to go two hours. He said, I was never so glad to get out of a place in all my life. He said he didn't know when to shut up. Now, this is the man telling the story. He said, we got in the car, and we were getting ready to go home. And he said he had this great big growth on the back of his neck. He said, and out of habit, it had been bothering him for so long that he'd reach back there and he'd rub it. Well, he started driving down the road, and he reached back there to rub it, and he started rubbing it, and he started going, and going like that. And his wife said, what's going on? He said, nothing, and he kept rubbing it. <laughs> kind of like I did with my finger. And he kept rubbing. And she said, what's going on? What, what are you doing? He said, nothing. So finally he took the rearview mirror and kind of pulled over and kind of... She said, what's going on? He said, reach back there and put your hand, see if that thing's still there. She reached back there, and that growth that he had had for years, decades, was totally gone. Totally and complete. Something's happening to some people in here right now. I can just sense it. Something is happening to people in here right now. You cracked the door just a little bit, just then. And that's what happened to him. You've got to be open to the things of God. You've got to be willing to give him just a little bit, tiny, no matter. Maybe, see what happens is, sometimes one person in a relationship will believe God, but the other person just cuts it off. But if you'll just give God just a tiny, 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 tiny bit, he'll come in and his tender love and his mercy and his grace will just come in and fix you. Because that's who he is. He loves us so much that he doesn't want us hurting. He doesn't want us in pain. He doesn't want us without. But you've got to think about him instead of thinking about the issue or the problem or that you can fix it because you guess what? You can't fix it. But he can. He is a good God. And all he asks of us is that we look to him. That's all he asks is that we keep our focus on him. That's it. He is a God of faith. And we give him the opportunities to work in our lives. And that's what he expected from me that day. Now, in telling you that story, all through our life, it began to grow, just like what I was telling you about the tools. 
I had no faith then whatsoever. I had none. I didn't even know what faith was. I don't think I had mustard seed faith then when he healed my finger. I think he did it totally and completely out of his mercy and grace that day. But then later on in my life, Keith was in school. And while he was in school, I had this huge lump come up in my breast. And it got very, very painful. And again, I didn't tell Keith. I thought, I'm around faith all the time. I hear it morning, noon, and night. We're in church here in Brother Hagen. We're in this. We're in seminars. We're in this. We're in that. We're in this. But I was around faith all the time. You would think I would get it yep. by osmosis. <laughs> My husband taught healing three times a day. You would think I would get it by being around my husband three times a day. Right? Did you know you could be around faith people and around healing people 24-7 and never get it? You have to get it for yourself. You have to get in this book for yourself and read the scriptures for yourself. You have to seek God for yourself. He's not going to give it to you through somebody else. He will the first time, like my finger, kind of like as a, a, a mercy gift. But when you begin to grow just a little bit, he's going to begin to expect different things of you. Well, this is what happened to me on this particular time. As I stayed in these circles, I was with Keith and I thought, you know what? i got as much faith as he's got. I can believe God for this. I know what faith is. I'm not going to tell him. Well, it got worse. And it got worse. And it got worse. And then it got so bad that I couldn't even lift my arm up. Well, when it got to that point, I thought, you know what? You better tell him. <laughs> Duh. I am blonde. So I told him. So we laid in the bed that night, and I told him. He prayed for me. The pain instantly left. By the next morning, the growth was 100% gone. No surgery, no meds, no nothing. The growth was gone. I know. I was there. I was, it was me. But then later on, as time went on, I realized, you know what? I cannot always depend on his faith. Later after that, I had another growth. And I went to him to pray for me. And you know what? It didn't go nowhere. It didn't leave. Absolutely nothing happened. And I thought, he's lost his touch. <laughs> he's lost it. He don't have the healing anointing anymore. He's lost it. But you know what? That's not it. And that's why healing lines work for some people and they don't for other people. 
because babies need somebody to pray for them. But once you get to a certain place in your life, God begins to require certain things of you. Just like you require certain things of your kids. And that's the way faith is. Just like he knows how to run a a forklift and he knows how to run a saw or they both can do jobs that they wouldn't consider even remotely turning over to me. There's other things that I can do that I wouldn't dare turn over to them. We each have our things. But when it came to this, I was at a point in my life, God said, Sissy, you know this. You take care of this. And he could have prayed for me till he rubbed every hair off my blonde head. He could have laid hands on me every day for 10 years and that growth would not have disappeared. What did it take? It took me going to my father on my own behalf and asking him and receiving it. Because each person can go to God on their very own. They don't need somebody else to go to God for them. We don't need a mediator. We don't need somebody else going to God for us. We can go to God on our very own and stand in His presence and say, God, I need this from you, and I know you've already paid for it for me. You've done it for me. And I'll just take my healing now, Lord. Thank you for doing that for me. And you know what? Since that day, I can't remember when I've had a cold or I get down sick. I can stand for myself. I have to stand for myself because you know what? Keith's got plenty of stuff to believe God for. Take my word for it. And you know what? If I had not learned how to stand in faith and believe God for things, we would be in a mess trying to believe God for two churches, much less one one church, much less two churches. And it would be really sad if something came up in the middle of the day and I couldn't say, okay, guys, let's get in faith about this. And we had to pick up the phone and call Keith and say, Keith, we need your faith. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? If every little thing that happened, we couldn't do it without picking up the phone and saying, okay, this is not going to work unless you hook with us. It doesn't work that way. Yes, he is the head, and we do keep him in in touch with everything that's going on, but there's just certain things that it comes to. We need to be able to believe God for our very own self. And that's what's happened with a lot of people. They're trying to get someone else to believe for them or do it for them. And we have to do it for ourselves. We have to grow up and get in the Word and find out what it says for ourselves. And I found out, you know what? I didn't know what that Bible said. I'd been around faith people and I'd been around Brother Hagin and I was in his face all the time and I was in Keith's face all the time and the both of them knew more healing scriptures and could quote more healing scriptures than I could read in a week. But it did me no good until I did it for myself. It did me no good until I found out what the Word said about prosperity for myself. It did me no good until I found out what the Word said about wisdom for myself. 
You got to find out what God is telling you because you're a different person than your spouse is or than your neighbor is. And God will talk to you the way he talks to you. And only God knows your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? And only God will deal with you the way that you need to be dealt with. Now, what needs to minister to her is not going to minister to you. And he may tell her, in order for you to receive this, you need to do this. In order for you to receive this, you need to do this. And it's never going to be the exact same with two people. That's the way I say about marriages all the time. People want to come to you for marriage counseling. And they want you to say, okay, tell me exactly what to do to make my marriage perfect. You can't. Because every home is different. Every marriage is different. Dave and Kim may want to have dinner on the table at 5 o'clock every single day. And he had... I could say this, watch. He wants fish and rice on the table every single day. He would throw up. But Keith does. Keith could eat fish every single day. Dave may be a burger every single day. You know, you can't pick two households and say, this is what you want. You have to go to God directly for you. And you have to find out what he's telling you. Okay, you change this and this is going to work for you. You do this and this is going to work for you. You do this and it's going to work for you. That's why faith is such a personal thing. That's what makes it work in your life. You have to say to the mountain in your life. You have to say to the circumstance in your life. That's why people can't speak to your mountain for you. You have to speak to your very own mountain in your life. So if there's a mountain of debt in your life, if there's a mountain of sickness in your life, if there's a mountain of pain in your life, if there's a mountain of problems in your life, you have to talk to it for yourself. You can't get your neighbor to talk to it. You can't get your friend to talk to it. You can't get your coworkers to talk to it. You talk to it. And when you do, something will come up in your heart about how to do it or what to do or what direction to take or how to turn this way or do that. And when it does, you do that and the answers are going to come. For to one, he may say, okay, you go get a job and your answer is going to come. To this other one, he may say, you give this money and it's going to come. To this one, he may say, you go and uh, uh, catch a fish and the taxes will be in the fish's mouth. But everybody is different. And that's why faith is so different for every single person. Does that make sense to you? So there's, uh, I got into the point, but there's two things that this comes under. The holdup is, number one, the problem is uh, not with God, it's with us. Number one, ignorance of the Word. You don't know the Word. And that's what I was talking about. You don't know how to use the tools. You've got to find out for yourself. And number two, unacceptance of the Word. You know it, but you're unwilling to accept what it says. You're unwilling to be even open like I was. I knew that the Word said that there was healing in it when Keith prayed for my finger. I knew that he said God could heal, but I was unwilling to even give him any space whatsoever. So you've got to be willing on both. You've got to know what it says, and you've got to be willing to accept it. Does that make sense? All right. So we'll listen and obey him. And then the very last thing that we'll cover is when you do. 
there's one last thing you got to do. You got to stand. There's been times, and just recently the Lord's been showing me even more and more and more about this. There's been things that I have prayed about and I have asked him for. And I, I've been so in the middle of it and been so upset when it was going on or so, uh, what's the word I should look for? Um, frustrated, yeah, because it wasn't happening. And then when you get past it and the answers start coming, you think, dummy, 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 why didn't you just get in faith when that was going on and you wouldn't have been so upset or frustrated? Because today I'm seeing the answers come to pass and it was like it was happening, you just didn't see it. And that's what faith is. Put Hebrews 11 back up in the NIV. 11.1 Certain of what we do not see. We are certain of what we do not see. Now, I am certain of one thing today. I am certain that I'm going to see my husband very soon. I don't see it, but I am very, very certain of it. And I am very, very what? Excited about it. Now, I have no proof of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no guarantees. There's nothing in writing. Nobody sent me an email. Nobody sent me a text. Nobody sent me uh, a ticket. Nobody, nothing. But you know what? I'm certain of it. So you know what? I am excited about it. Are you excited about something? What are you excited about? You get to see your wife very soon. Look at that smile. Do you think he's excited? You can't fake things like that. And that's what happens to you when you get certain of something. What are you certain of? What are you certain of? Are you certain things are going to change in your life? They're going to get better? You certain that situation is going to turn around for the good? You certain you're going to get the answer? You certain you're going to get your healing? You certain you're going to get the money? What are you certain of? Are you certain of anything? If you are, that face is going to start, those bottoms are going to start going up. You remember what we talked about, the mar- how do you say them, marinette? Yeah, yeah, the, the strings are going down. Who, who's pulling your strings? The devil, yeah. So what are you certain of in here today? Hallelujah. You're certain that you're going to believe that things are going to change in your life. Give God a crack. Give Him an open door. Give Him a chance. Give Him a spot. Give Him an opportunity to come in there and change something for you. And He'll do it. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand up on your feet. Thank you, Lord.